0: Uh, we're going to be starting in Matthew chapter 16 and then we're probably going to settle down in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5 17, if any man be in Christ he is a new creature, if any man be in Christ he is a new creature, that doesn't mean any male, that means anyone after the man kind of being, uh, in the beginning God made them male and female, God created man, he created them male and female. That's not uh, some type of uh, sexual confusion. That's actually a definition. Uh, He created them male and he created them female. And uh, we're talking about who you are in Christ. And we're talking about your identity. And you know your identity can make the difference between success and failure. Your identity can make the difference between uh, blessing and cursing. Your identity can make the difference between just going through life full of shame full of regret full of confusion and living the kind of life that Jesus said I came for you to live which is the abundant life life that's more than enough that you have prosperity in every part of your life. Prosperity just doesn't mean that you have lots of money. Prosperity means that you have a full supply in every area of your life. In other words, you've got more than enough mercy in you and towards you. You've got more than enough love in you and towards you. You've got more than enough power in you and towards you. You've got more than enough godly friends you've got more than enough uh, whatever you want to name freedom in Christ that you're not bound and you're, you're not stuck so Matthew chapter 16 uh, verse 15 Jesus said to them who do you say that I am and Simon Peter had answered and said you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered and said to him Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So number one, if you're going to get to know Jesus, if you're going to get to know God himself, you're not going to do it through the means of flesh and blood. It's not the same way that you might get to know your neighbor who lives across the street uh, through flesh and blood, that you, you know uh, this person is pretty... Um, particular about their lawn. (laughs) Ever had that? They're like, don't mow one inch over into my yard. (laughs) Don't invade my space. Uh, People have whole battles over this. Um, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 18. Jesus speaking still. And this I say to you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Well, Some people get confused and think, okay, upon Peter, the whole church is built upon Peter. No, the whole church is upon, built upon the revelation that God gave to Peter that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. In other words, you can't even become a part of the church if you don't know that. Uh, you can come to a place like what people call, said, I'm going to church. Well, you actually are a part of the church if you're born again. Uh, but the only way you can get born again is for God to reveal to you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That He is the way to the Father and He is the life and He is the truth. And that's only revealed by God through His Spirit in your heart. So you're not born again uh, because you think something. You are born again because you believe something. And faith is not based in things that are seen. Faith is based in things that are not seen. So Peter saw the flesh and blood of Jesus of Nazareth. But just seeing his flesh and blood and just being with his flesh and blood uh, and knowing, uh, you know, this is Jesus of Nazareth, that doesn't do anything for Peter's internal life. But the Spirit of God revealed, and the Spirit of God is still revealing Christ uh, today. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Uh, those two words, in Christ are really the key to the New Testament because those are covenant words. And we discussed, uh, I think two weeks ago, I went in more detail with the covenant that God made with Abram. But uh, God wanted to uh, communicate with Abram because Abram had said, Lord, how will I know that this will come to pass, that your promise will be true, that your promise is sure? How will I know? Well, God didn't get upset with him. He said, well, you just take some cows, take some uh, rams, take all these animals and cut them in two. Uh, what's he doing? Well, he's making a covenant. God's setting Abram up to make a covenant because in his uh, time and in that part of the world, God uh, The covenant language was understood. So he took the animals, split them in two. There's blood all flowing in the middle. One piece on this side, one piece on that side. And uh, uh, Abram's probably like, oh, there's going to be a covenant happening here. But then uh, God caused a deep sleep to fall on Abram. And then it says that a smoking oven and a burning torch passed between those pieces. Well, those are representative of God himself and the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. And so God caused Abram to fall in a sleep when this covenant was made with Abram. How shall I know? Well, you know, part of that covenant is you're saying when you're walking between those pieces, if I ever fail to keep part, my part in this covenant, may what happened to those animals happen to me. All right, so let's pick that up in uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and uh, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them... The end of all strife. Well, what does that mean? That's kind of really old uh, English way to say. You know, when they would come into this covenant, this agreement, uh, normally there was some conflict, there was some strife going on. And, uh, you know, they're kind of like uh, Livingston uh, talked about this when he was in Africa. So the tribes sometimes would be... Uh, uh, against each other. There'd be strife, there'd be fighting. And so uh, the lesser really wants to go to the greater to say, hey, like, let's make peace. Like, uh, you're gonna slaughter all of us and we don't want this to happen. And so the lesser goes to the greater. And so uh, this covenant is for a confirmation of the end of all strife. So in other words, this is ratifying. This is making it uh, real. We're no longer gonna attack you. In fact, our strength is now gonna be your strength. And when you need defended, we're going to defend you. When you need protected, we're going to protect you. When you need provision, we're going to provide for you. So you actually uh, unite with us. We, be, we now become one united front. Okay? And so, um, for men, verily, swear by the greater. So they're swearing by the one that's greater. Well, when you get God the Father and Christ the Son coming together in a covenant for man... Well, you can swear by no greater. But this is for an end of all strife. In other words, God is not mad at you. God has made a covenant in his own blood, the blood of Jesus, to ratify the union of man with God. That we become united with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, a better covenant established upon better promises. And God has so much wisdom that He knew, like even in the old covenant, Abram, you can't actually get involved in this because you are going to mess it up. <laughs> I mean, Abraham, uh, he was like some of us sometimes. Hopefully, not in this, but he's like a—that's my sister. Abraham's lying. Abraham's deceiving. Well, God's not a man. Uh, He can't lie. In fact, uh, let's finish out in uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and find out why. Where in verse 17, God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. It's talking about that covenant back in Genesis chapter 15. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation... "...who has fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into within the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek." What does that mean? That just means Jesus went in first so that we could all come in. He went in once for all with His own blood into the heavenly holies of holies, and He made an eternal sacrifice." So you remember, like, they used to have to make a sacrifice, you know, uh, frequently, and then they have to do, like, the big sacrifice once a year uh, for the sins to just be covered. So uh, I always think of Jessica when I think of sins covered. Because, you know, she has no... (laughs) The reason I think of Jessica is um, I have a little bit of a problem, and uh, I kind of like older houses, and they tend to need lots of work. Um, Anyhow, so we were looking at an older house one time, and Jessica... uh, Uh, was pretty active at one point. I think she's kind of like semi-retired now, but with uh, historic building restoration. And so I said, Jessica, what about this house? You know, they have this like historic uh, uh, credit to restore a historic home. And so uh, she came over to the house and uh, I don't remember if you got a knife out or whatever, but we came to the edge of the house and she's like peeling the paint off the house. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm trying to find out what the original color of the paint was because over the years they've put layer after layer after layer upon here and to get these credits you have to they want you to restore it and paint it just how it was and make it look just how it did so you can actually get to those old houses and you can uh, get take the first layer for through the first layer, through the second layer, through the third layer. Sometimes they're all bound together, but you can get through there. You can even see like the rainbow of colors, and then you get to the original color. Well, under the old covenant, that's what happened to your sins. Is like they're still there. You can dig and kind of go back, and you can find them. But under the new covenant, sins are not just covered. In fact, they're not even covered. They are removed. You cannot find them. Even as good as Jessica is, she could not get on that kind of building. She cannot find out what the original color was. I guess the original color is red, the blood of Jesus. And so in the new covenant, that's where we live today, the church of Jesus Christ. Your sins are removed from you. Well, somebody said, well, yeah, but I did something. And I remember it. Well, God says, I will not remember your sins. God doesn't remember it. Why do you? Well, sometimes the reason you remember it is because your family reminds you of it. Or your friends remind you of it. Or the devil reminds you of it. Or the devil uses people to remind you of it. Do you remember what you did? You ever have God speak to your heart about something? And you're like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's the step I'm going to take. That's right. You just know it. And sure enough, somebody comes up and they say, Who are you? Why do you think you could do that? I know your parents. I know where you came from. I know what you did. What? There is a battle for the identification of every person on the face of this earth. What you are going to identify with. That you are a loser, that you are a failure, that you are stupid, that you don't know enough. Uh, The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. There is an enemy, and he has you in his sights. But when you live from the new person that you've been made in Christ Jesus, his power is completely exhausted. Because Jesus defeated him. You may not have ever defeated him, but Jesus defeated him. So if you come against him in the power of Jesus Christ, uh, he has no possibility of victory. And Colossians actually says, one translation that says that Jesus... Uh, stripped the devil and paraded him around the streets of eternity naked for all to see. (laughs) In other words, that shame, that same shame that he's trying to put on you is what he experienced. Because he was seen to be for what he really is. Now he wants you to see yourself according to what he thinks about you. you. Ever been with a group of people and um They're they're making lots of mistakes and doing things they shouldn't do, and, uh, you know, uh, basically, they try to get you to say, like, well, who do you think you are? You're just like me. You do the same thing. You're a mess up. People say, like, well, I don't mind going to hell because uh, uh, everybody like me is going to be there. Well, you don't want to go to hell. Hell is a horrible place. Hell is a place of torment. And hell is real. But heaven is real. And somebody said, um, you know, if God is love and God exists, then why does he send people to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. God actually bought every person on the face of this earth back from hell so that they didn't have to go there. But God is love, so he will not force One person to become part of his family, but his desire, his will, is that every single human would come back to him, be part of his family. Right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about that he has reconciled the world to himself. In other words, he has, one translation says, he has canceled their sins. He has taken care of it and he's told every believer your job is to go tell the whole world God does not mad at you. God loves you. He's actually made you right with him. And if you accept that, you will receive the life from God. So, well, tell me what a world would be like without God. If God sustains the world with his word. If all goodness originates from God, so much so that Jesus even said when they called him good teacher, don't call me good, there is none good but God. All goodness emanates from God. All light emanates from God. Uh, All love comes from God. So if you choose to go to a place and you say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with God. Well, you're really saying, I don't want anything to do with love that is unselfish. I don't want anything to do uh, with light and understanding. I want to do my own thing and go my own way. Well, that does not please the heart of God, but because he is love, he'll never force you. But he will give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. But the devil, he will steal from you at every possible turn. one One of the ways that he does that is through your identification. Your identification. So, who are you? Who are you? Well, I am Tim Ostrom. I grew up in Elkhart, Indiana. I have three brothers, no sisters. I have sisters-in-law. Hi. But, I don't have, but I don't have any brothers. I mean, any sisters, any natural sisters. Um, well, if that's all I think I am, if I came from the trailer capital of the world, the RV capital of the world, I came from where uh, they make, uh, you know, trumpets and trombones, brass, Selmers. You know, if you ever play instrument, you know Selmers. So uh, I come from that. My grandparents' house was like a half a mile down from Selmers. I used to walk by Selmers factory all the time, and they had this big like uh, vent that blew air out from there. And if you if you opened your eyes, you'd get like little metal particles in them because I'll, I guess whatever they're doing with the machining of the of the instruments, and so. Uh, <laughs> But if I just identify with that, you didn't know that, did you? See, after 19 years, you learned something. Uh, You can identify with your family. Our family's, you could say our family's a poor family. You could say our family's a wealthy family. Our family does this, you know. You know, this runs in our family. That can be personality. That can be sickness, disease. Uh, That can be failures. Uh, The devil wants you to identify with the natural. Jesus, uh, you know, Paul said by the Holy Spirit, know no man after the flesh. He said, even though we, we used to know Christ this way, yet we don't know him this way anymore. Well, so that includes yourself. Don't know yourself after the flesh. Some people identify with their failures and their mistakes. Some people say, you know, hi, I'm Tim, I'm divorced. I'm not, but. Hi, I got fired from my job. Hi, I'm poor. We're poor. We're not very smart. I have a low IQ. I have a high IQ. You ever see like in school, they'll sometimes, hopefully they don't do as much anymore, but they used to like take kids that had uh, learning difficulties So they're going to take and they're going to separate them from the rest of the class. We're going to put you in a special class, special education. And then those kids start to identify with that. Why am I different? Not in a good way, but a bad way. Well, then they do the same thing. Like, you know, you need to take like AP level courses. So we're going to take you out of the class. Right? So you're better than everybody. And so then people start to identify with that. And sometimes people carry that for decades later. How they were identified. How they were numbered. uh, How they were put out. You know, you can identify with stuff without even realizing it. Do you realize that a whine in your voice is identifying with defeat and doubt? Uh, Say you get a flat tire. What did you just communicate? Or you get you get you know I have four little children. Well, they're kind of like middle now, but you know you get something unexpected from your children. You're like, ah! How could you do that? What am I? Well, I'm I'm identifying with boy. You're a failure then what are they going to identify with? Boy, I'm a failure. I don't know why flesh tends to the negative instead of the positive. But if any man, any person, if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. One of my favorite words in that verse is next. Behold. All things are new. When's the last time that you beheld who God has made you to be? When's the last time that you magnified who God has made you to be? That you are not what some liar said about you. I'm not talking about the person that you know that said that. I'm talking about the person that's behind the person you know. The father of lies. Satan himself. If any man, any woman, any person, anyone, anywhere, anytime is in Christ... Anyone, anywhere, anytime in Christ. What's that mean? Those two words in Christ are language, that's the language of the covenant. That is, if anyone is united with Christ, he is brand new. Old things have passed away. Look and see it for yourself. Everything is brand new. Everything is brand new. That means Maybe you remember something you did that you regret and and you have shame about. Well, if you turned it over to the Lord and said, Lord, forgive me for that, that thing is gone. And the man or woman, the person who did that is dead. Paul said... Reckon yourselves, count it up like an accounting term. Be very specific about it. Reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to Christ. So I'm dead to that. If that old man tries to resurrect you, put him back in the grave. That is not you. When you are born again, the Bible calls you a saint. So I don't know what they, they say in some of the other places, but uh, you know, if you're born again, I just confer on you this morning sainthood. And it's really not me; it's the Word. You don't have to wait till you die to become a saint. And I'm not trying to criticize anybody that's that's doing all that. I'm just saying what the Bible says: that you are a saint. In other words, you are not a sinner. You were a sinner. Now you're a saint. Sometimes you might sin. But your identification is not, I'm a sinner. If, if my identification is, I'm a sinner, I have an expectation of sinning. But if my identification is, I am a new creature. Those ways I used to go, those are not my ways anymore. Those things that used to satisfy, they do not satisfy. In fact, sometimes people get born again and they get a little confused when they're born again. Well, confusion comes from the devil, not from the Lord. But confusion also comes from walking in the flesh. Because you're like, how come I don't like this anymore? Because you have been re-fathered. Because you have been changed forever from the inside out. So now when your inside desires change, your outside desires have to follow through. And if you want to see the most frustrated people on earth, find a believer who acts like a non-believer. Because they're like gratifying the outside, but the inside's like, what are you doing? <laughs> if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, that's just one scripture out of about 140 scriptures that you can find uh, in the uh, New Testament that talk about who the believer is and what the believer has. As long as you keep identifying with your past, you'll never enter into the future that the Lord has promised for you. If any man is in Christ, he is brand new. I am brand new. You know, I'm going I'm to retell this and then we'll finish. But... Uh, you remember I told the story last week, I think it was uh, Kenneth Hagan he got, was sick and everything and got healed. The Lord healed him through the word. And then uh, he got, uh, well, before that, he got born again. So once he was born again and healed because he was paralyzed, so he had to be healed to do this because he had to get up out of bed. So he got up out of bed. And uh, he went and saw his friend and um, called him Lefty. His actual name was Clarence. And uh, he said, uh, Lefty was there. They're walking through town and said, Hey, you remember remember when we broke in that drugstore got that candy he said he said I just sat there with a straight face like this like I didn't know what he's talking about he said "Lefty he said uh, Kenneth you you remember that you're the one that picked the lock so we could get into the store <laughs> he said I always had two talents I could pick any lock I could train any animal So he has, I think it was his aunt's house, they had that wild cat just going crazy, and uh, kicked everybody out of the house. I don't know if you ever had that happen, but in my grandma's house one time, we had a bat get loose, and man, we all got out of the, I mean, get in the house, and then we're like, out of the house. So it's pretty hilarious to see all these adults outside of a house, like, what you going to do? So they're like, don't go in, that cat will tear you up, that cat will tear you up. So he went in there, and within five minutes, he walked out with the cat in his arms, you know. He said, I always had those two natural talents. I don't know why. Uh, Anyhow, he picked the lock. So Clarence, or or Lefty, was saying, uh, you know, come on, Kenneth. You're the one that did it. He said, "Uh, Lefty, I don't mind telling you the man who did that is dead. And he said, I know you almost died, but you didn't die. I think some of the greatest leadings of the Lord, we're not even conscious of the leading. That he just identified that I am a new creature. That the man who did those things is gone. He does not exist anymore. The second that you identify that you are a new creature, old things have passed away, you will find an inward strength that gives you an anointing and ability to overcome any of the challenges that the old man would try to bring your way. Paul said, I woke up with that verse like a month ago. How'd you like to wake up with this verse? A lot of times I wake up with a verse. So this was, this was on my spirit, you know, kind of just wake up and it's just there. Uh, and it was this, you are dead. <laughs> I am? <laughs> is this heaven? <laughs> Give me the rest, Lord. And your life is hid with Christ in God. Sometimes I think we want to identify I know we want to. With the Jesus Christ in the present, as he is, so are we in this world. We want to identify with Jesus Christ in the future where we will be with him in heaven. But we kind of forget to identify with Jesus Christ at the cross. That you are crucified with Christ and you no longer live but Christ lives with you. Well, what was crucified at the cross? Your sin, it's not, just a, it's not just a matter that Jesus went to the cross in your place, so you didn't have to go there. No, Paul talks about identifying that when he went to the cross, you were there. The difference is, you don't have to suffer the pain and agony and separation, but all of your failures, all of your weakness, all of your inabilities, Those were crucified on the cross, and those were paid for on the cross by someone in your place, but you were there. When he was on the cross, you were there with him, so that you would never have to actually go there. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made brand new. Stand up with me. If you're here this morning and you've never uh, come into the family of God, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, maybe you're watching online, and you know in your heart, boy, I'm not right with God. I need to come into the family of God. I need to get things right with God. I want to invite you this morning to do that. Dave's going to come and we're going to sing a song. And uh, while we're singing that song, If you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, I'd like you to come up here or raise your hand online. Uh, I'll pray a prayer after the song, and uh, but first of all, uh, I want to sing this song, and this song is called. You've probably heard it. It's called "The Blessing," and I don't know who who you want up there, but you can have anybody up there that you want to have up there, Um, and I want you to hear what the Lord thinks about you, that you are blessed. That your family is blessed to a thousand generations. That God loves you. That uh, Jesus paid the price for you. um, That we're not under a curse. We're under a blessing. Amen. God, you don't come because you don't do bad things or because you do good things. You come because of all of the good things that Jesus did. And because He loves you so much, He wants to give all of those things to you. He wants you to be a part of His family. If any man be in Christ, He is a new creature. How do you get in Christ? The way you get in Christ is you make a decision from your heart say I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to make Jesus my Lord I have decided to not live for myself anymore I have decided I'm living my life for Jesus Christ I'm giving my life to him the Bible says if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess Jesus as your Lord from your mouth that you will be saved it's not your good works that save you not because you don't do bad things that save you it's not your money that saves you it is receiving Jesus as Lord as many as received him to them he gave the right to be the children of God it's not automatic you must receive Jesus Christ you don't have to wait till you die to find out you can know today that you are the child of God that you are born again that God himself has come to live on the inside of you and make you brand new Take your sins away, cleanse you, buy you back, and bring you in to himself. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds And when I do. If you'd like to be born again, if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ, if you have decided to follow Jesus, I want you to pray that prayer with me. And if you're a believer here, you've already prayed that prayer, I want you to pray that prayer with me that anybody that wants to pray that, they don't pray it alone. If you're watching online, I want you to pray that prayer. What you're saying by praying that prayer is, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. What you're saying is I'm turning my life over to Jesus. Not gonna try to do it on my own, don't wanna do it on my own. I want the forgiveness that Jesus offers. I want the freedom that Jesus offers and I want the life that Jesus gives. Let's pray. Oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take away my sins i received your son jesus right now to be my lord to save me i'm not going to live for myself anymore i'm living for you from now on fill me with your spirit I thank you that I am now your child, a part of your family. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Praise God.